0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Melissa Lee. Time for Options Action. We've got a big show ahead. Here's what's on deck.
2: First up, Carter Worth takes a look at how you can cash in, too. Then, yes, Tony Zhang has been playing around with some trades in the space. He'll show you. And finally, investors have been singing Gold's praises. But if you are late to the dance, Mike co has a new move to get you out on the floor. It's time to risk less and make more. Options action starts now.
1: Let's get right to it. Next week kicks off another big round of earnings with names like Disney, Beyond Meat, Uber, and General Motors all on deck. But our chart master, Carter Worth, says there may be some opportunity lurking in the payment space as PayPal gears up to report. So, Carter, what are you seeing in the charts?
2: You bet. Uh, A couple charts, but first, uh, the setup here is that we're going to play PayPal for a breakout to new highs. It's right at well-defined tops, and the setup is perfect. The first chart. Take a look at the symmetry of uh, this circumstance. You have a 23-day plunge, a 23-day ricochet. You start at 124. You drop to 82. You go right back to 124. So, again, a 35% decline, which you can see there, a 51% rally. All very symmetric in terms of price and time. And here we are right back at the top. Now look at the second chart. This pulls it back a bit longer. And look at the authority of this level. Uh, the stock has approached this and reapproached this. And this is a perfect kind of setup for a news-related breakout. Earnings and earnings are coming next week. Uh, The other thing I would point out, of course, is how its relative performance is done. So the next chart is a two-panel chart, and this also uh, is important. PayPal, you can see on the bottom panel, its relative performance to the S&P has already broken out. And this is a a very uh, positive development in the context of an absolute chart that hasn't broken out. And then finally, of course, just performance relative to peers. I have a a sort of a slide here it'll show you. You can see the chart. I mean PayPal up 11 percent year-to-date, whereas, you know, Visa down 6, FIS down 7, MasterCard down 10, and then Global Payments worse down 12, or FISV down 13. Uh, Relative strength is one of the most important factors uh, as tested in quant models. The relative strength is impressive, the absolute level is right, And the bet here is that this breaks out in a big way in response to earnings.
1: All right, Carter. So, Mike, what's the trade in your view?
3: Yeah, so this is an interesting case because, of course, you know, PayPal obviously has performed really well. And and for anybody who is wondering why that might be, you know, a lot of investors have been trying to answer the question, what companies if not immune, or less affected by what's going on in the economic world around us. Obviously, Amazon has been possibly a net beneficiary, Slack a net beneficiary, Zoom a net beneficiary, PayPal also among those companies that could be a net beneficiary. And the reason, of course, is online sales. This is a company that gets the bulk of its revenues that way. And while other payment companies like MasterCard and Visa have underperformed it's worth pointing out that even though they have exposure to that space, number one, it isn't as high a percentage of their overall revenues. And the other thing is that things like travel and entertainment, if you're booking airline tickets, for example, you're probably using a credit card to do that, maybe not so much PayPal. Plus, this is a growing business. You know, They're actively growing their users, So all of those things are positives, and the stock has obviously responded as a net result of that. The downside, of course, is that the stock has has moved as a result of that and is now trading very close to its all-time highs. The options market is implying a move of a little over 6% when they report next week. And you could play for that breakout by simply going out and buying short-dated calls. In fact, Goldman Sachs actually recommended doing exactly that this week. The problem with a strategy like that for me, though, is that when you do that, you need the stock to do that to be profitable. If it does not break out to new time highs, you're going to lose all the premium you spend. And that's not really a probability of profit that I like very much. So instead, I'm trying to take a look at a trade that maybe not swinging for the fences is more like trying to bat a single. I was looking at something called a strangle swap. That sounds complicated. It isn't really. It's a lot like calendar spreads that we often talk about. In this strategy, you would sell the May 8th weekly 115, 130 strangle, so you're selling both the put and the call, and then buying that exact same structure in June, buying the June 115 put, buying the June 130 call. When I was looking at that earlier today, and the stock was higher actually than where it closed, it was trading around 122 at the time, you would spend $5.75 to put on that structure. Here's the way this works. If the stock stays here, those near-term options are gonna decay, you'll collect a little bit of premium. The longer-dated ones will decay a bit too, but you probably will come out ahead. If it runs to that higher strike, You'll actually see higher profits. That's 130, which, by the way, is just outside of that 6% implied move, or 115 to the downside. Of course, after the end of next week, you're going to have an opportunity to revisit your trade. And this is just a way that you can try to take advantage of the fact that options prices right now slightly elevated. We can improve our probability of profit. Don't use this right now as your opportunity to try to swing for the fences, hit home runs off of stocks that, frankly, has already hit a home
4: run since the stock's already up on the year.
1: Tony, what do you make of Mike's trade?
4: So as Mike said, this trade on the surface sounds a little complicated, but as he said, you could break this down into two trades, and I think the best way to look at this is really looking at this as a call calendar and a put calendar, which really allows you to take a multi-directional view, both bullish and bearish, going into earnings here for PayPal. Now, what's interesting about PayPal is the things that Michael has has said, but the fact that PayPal has 100% exposure to online commerce as a payment processor, and that's very unique for payment processors, because if you look at Bank of America data. What's interesting is that there's only three categories in consumer spending that have seen an increase in spending. That's That's online electronics, that's groceries, and that's online retail. So PayPal, I think, is going to be a net beneficiary as a result of all of this. But on the downside, PayPal does process payments for both Uber, Airbnb and StubHub, which are industries that have seen substantial declines in revenue. So I could see a case for both sides, and I really like this trade because it allows you to play both a bullish and bearish view going into earnings.
1: Carter, just quickly, uh, I don't want to deviate too much from PayPal or payments, but we had Visa earnings this week, and I'm just wondering what you see for, for those types of processors compared to what you're seeing for PayPal.
2: Right. Well, they are much more tied to travel and to uh, other things that are unhappy versus PayPal. But here's the thing. For the first time in a long time, I don't think one as a long-only manager needs to be overweight Visa and MasterCard. They've had to be overweights to play chess with the index, but no longer.
1: All right. Let's stick with earnings here. Video game maker Activision Blizzard also set to report the gaming stock beating the broader market this year up around nine percent. And Tony says it may be ready to level up again. So Tony, take it away. What's the trade?
4: Yeah, so I want to take a look at online and mobile gaming, which has been a rising segment well throughout 2019, well before the coronavirus. But as a result of the lockdown, we've seen a substantial tailwind for this particular segment. And if we look at the chart, it's reflected by that. We see that Activision, I really like this particular chart because we recently broke out above a $63 major resistance level came back to retest that as support and is now starting to rise higher from that so this type of relative strength is exactly what i typically look for going into an earnings event next week for Activision here now. If we turn to earnings, the estimate revisions are actually really strong for both revenue and earnings per share. And if we look at the the, the earnings historically, this stock doesn't actually move very much, only about two and a half percent over the last four quarters, compared to almost triple that, which is what the options are currently implying, about seven point six percent. So, given the fact that the stock has risen quite a bit over the last few weeks and implied volatility is really high here, I'm looking to sell premium going into earnings and i'm going to use a trade structure similar to the one that i used last week here on microsoft by selling a put spread here and i'm going out to may and i'm selling the 64 61 dollar put credit spread here, collecting about $2.76 for selling the May $64 puts, and then paying about $1.58 for the May 61 puts. Net-net here, I'm collecting about $1.18 credit here on this put spread, which is $3 wide. That's roughly a little shy of 40% of the width here on this particular credit spread, and I have a break-even price of $62.82, which is right below the $63 resistance level that I was targeting here, and I'm looking for Activision here to rise a little bit higher on earnings and collect this credit here on this particular event.
1: Mike, what do you think of the trade?
4: Well, I think obviously in
3: an elevated options premium environments like the one in which we currently find ourselves looking for ways to collect you know, money on credit spreads and using credit spreads in particular, because we really don't know what we're going to be hearing out of companies like Activision. I think the news is going to be positive. The stock certainly is behaving that way. And it demonstrates the kinds of opportunities that you get when correlation is very high. And you see all the stocks basically being thrown out, as we did into late March. And then people begin to contemplate, hey, wait a minute. Why would a company like Activision necessarily be hurt as badly as some of the other stocks that got hit that hard? And obviously, it's bounced back. This is a way for you to try to take advantage of the fact that options premiums have obviously been elevated at this time. And also look at names like this one, which have bounced back pretty strongly. and You might think you've missed your opportunity to make money in it. So I like the trade.
1: Call of duty and quarantine seem to be (laughs) the reasons why there's so much optimism around this one. Carter, what do you see in the charts?
2: Well, that's right. I mean, uh, just what Tony said, I mean, it's exhibiting characteristics that we like. The key here is that this is a turnaround story in the sense that this stock peaked as far back as October of 2018 at $83 and essentially dropped to 40. And it's been clawing back ever since. I think it goes higher.
1: All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter. Here's what's coming up next.
2: Put down the bars. Mike Coe has an even more lustrous way to play. Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. Stocks tumbling on Wall Street today, setting investors seeking safety. And they found it in gold, the metal rallying 3% today. And gold has been on a tear lately. And that has been a big win for the miners. The GDX miners ETF is up nearly 40% in the last month. But if you missed the major move in the miners, Mike's got a way for you to synthesize a stock position on the cheap. He's here with the call to action. Mike, take it away.
3: Yeah, so this is one of those situations, you know, we are talking about stocks that are basically trading close to their all-time highs in this environment. We're talking about stocks that seem to be recovering. What do you do about the names that have already performed very, very well? Gold has performed well, and by extension, the gold miners have, of course, performed very well. In fact, in many cases, they are actually like a levered play on gold. And here we are with GDX trading at seven-year highs and for people who are looking at this and saying I want to be long the metal I know that there's a lot of you know basically monetary printing going on it seems like a good environment their input costs and operating costs are going down I want to be long but do you want to chase it with the stock up this much you know this is a situation where you want to look for stock substitutes ways to make a bullish bet that don't necessarily offer you the immediate downside risk if it gives a little bit back So if you're either long GDX right now or if you're long gold and looking for a levered way to play it but are a little bit uncomfortable with the possibility that it draws back a little bit, one way to look at this might be to use a call spread risk reversal. Specifically, I was looking out to July at the 26.5, 33.5, 37.5 call spread risk reversal. I would spend about $0.50 to buy the -the at-the-money call and sell that downside 26.5 level put and that upside call. And the idea here is that I'm getting near upside exposure if it continues to rally. However, of course, if I wait out until July, if it did come back, I'm essentially going to have GDX put to me at that lower 26.5 put strike. And that's actually lower than the level where GDX began the year. And it was pretty stable coming into the year. So, if you're thinking, this is something that has really moved quite a lot. I want to have exposure to gold and the miners seem like a good way to play it but I'm uncomfortable with the idea that I would reach out and buy it right now, trading at a seven-year high. This is a way that you can get that near upside participation over the next couple of months. But if your thesis proves to be incorrect or if something turns this story around a little bit, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to own it at 26.5. That's a pretty good discount to the 33 and change where where it closed today.
1: Carter, what do you think?
2: I mean, all roads lead to gold here. All of the things that are going on, And uh, if one doesn't have gold in one's portfolio, I think one is not uh, taking advantage of two facts. One, gold has kept pace with the S&P 500 with dividends reinvested over the past 23 years. Two, uh, gold is nowhere near its high. We're getting there. But miners are still some 50% below their high. It is a levered play on gold. Gold acts well. I'd belong the metal and I'd belong the miners.
1: Tony, what do you think of the trade?
4: So I'm a little biased here because I'm actually long GDX myself. I'm using a different structure than Mike here, but I really like Mike's structure here because he's able to take advantage of upside, whereas opposed to I just sold a put spread. I'm just looking to collect a little bit of premium. But the chart looks really pretty. constructive to me here. After breaking out above that $30 level, it bounced off that $32 support today. I think that's a great entry for a long. The only thing I think I would do here for Mike's trade is I would actually get a little aggressive here on that short put. I would sell a higher put. I was actually looking at the 29s here going out to July. That collects about $1.40 in premium. That's 4% of the ETS value, and that's still 12% out of the money. So I would just get a little bit aggressive on that short strike of that put.
1: Mike, last word.
4: Yeah, the
3: young guy, he's ready to get a little bit more aggressive than the old one. That doesn't surprise me too much. But I will say, this is something that I'm interested in getting involved in. I mean, I'm actually long SLV right here, and that has more industrial applications probably than gold does as a precious metal. And I think I probably didn't handle that strategically as well as I might have because I was looking at the ratio between silver and gold. I still like both. But gold seems to be the one that people are favoring right now as a way to basically deal with the risk that's going on with currencies and basically risk off with every other risk asset. So I think this is definitely a way that I would look to play it, and I'm probably going to be positioning less in SLV next week and more into structures like the one I just outlined.
1: All right. Up next, a tale of two tech giants. We're looking back at how Apple's and Microsoft's earnings results paid off for options traders. We will give you all the details and later we are taking your tweets. Send us your questions at Options Action and we'll answer some of them on air. We'll get back right after this. Welcome back for the first time in a long time. It is time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. First up, Mike Co bet Apple's run might end when they reported earnings.
3: This obviously is a company with a Fortress balance sheet and a lot of technology companies, some would say, are, you know, well positioned, all things considered, for what is obviously a very weak economic environment. But the thing is, this is a hardware company, and you know, it used to trade at a hardware company multiple, which meant that it traded at a discount. In terms of valuation relative to the rest of the market because of that, like a lot of other consumer electronics companies did, right now it's trading over 20 times. The one that I would recommend right here, because implied volatility remains high, would be a May 260, July 265 put diagonal. You would sell the May 260 puts, buy the July 265 puts. When I was looking at that mid-market, it was about $9.75.
1: Apple did indeed take a hit when they reported after the bell yesterday. So, Mike, how are you managing this trade?
3: Yeah, it took a hit, but of course the stock is higher week on week. In fact, it's up about $6. That diagonal put spread has declined by about $1. So obviously it was a better way to play it than actually shorting the stock. I'm short Apple in two different ways. I'm short call spreads and I'm long this diagonal. The short call spreads didn't do quite as well. And I think the bull case would be made that the 5G refresh iPhone cycle could actually be the catalyst that gets this company to new highs. But I'm not really going to buy that going into the summer right now. I'm actually going to stay with the put spread. I'm going to take off my short call spreads, though.
1: Carter, what do you see in Apple's chart?
2: Well, what we do know is that the timing reason to be short, a news event, has come and gone. And the stock did hold up well, as Mike said, up on the week. I don't think there's any reason to be long but to have an active short uh, here and now doesn't seem like that's going to be profitable.
1: Okay, well, Apple wasn't the only big tech name to report earnings last week, this past week, and Tony had his eyes on some big gains from Microsoft.
4: Is Microsoft actually generates 50% of their revenue from their Azure cloud business as opposed to a consumer business like Apple and I think as we continue to shift to working from home after COVID-19 I think Microsoft is definitely one of the stocks that are going to benefit from that I'm going out to June 5th the weekly options and I'm selling the 172 and a half 162 and a half put vertical here collecting roughly about four dollars credit I'm selling the June 172 and a half for about $9.40 and buying the 162. a half for about $5.40. Net-net here, I'm collecting $4 credit on a $10 wide credit spread. So about 40% of the width.
1: And got him. Tony, what are you doing with this trade?
4: So Microsoft did exactly what I was expecting to, which is rise mildly higher. That's why I sold this put credit spread as opposed to outright buying any type of calls. However, we were able to take off this trade for about a $1 profit, not as large as I would hope to have. I will say, looking back, if I could go back in time, I might have sold a shorter dated option as opposed to going out to the June 5th. But this is a trade that we did take off and take profit this week.
1: All right. Up next, we've got your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. The plot thickens in the Elon Musk saga. Earlier today, Musk tweeted Tesla stock price is too high, in my opinion. That sent Tesla shares tumbling. Right now, Musk is responding to tweets. One person asked him to state your account was hacked. You're killing every investor that invested in Tesla right now. Moments ago, about six minutes ago, Musk replied, as always, I am optimistic about Tesla long term. Mike Coe, it's not a direct answer to the question of if your account was hacked, Um, but it does seem like an acknowledgement that that was his tweet. I think
3: it is, actually. Yeah, I I think that was an acknowledgement that that was his tweet. Look, who doesn't love Elon Musk and basically the entertainment value that he provides around an innovative company with phenomenal products and a phenomenal stock price that's really hard to get your arms around? You know, I love Tesla, but I don't love the stock. I've said it many times. I've said it when the stock was lower than it is now, and I've said it when it was higher, and I'm saying it again today.
1: What's your technical take, Carter?
2: Well, just one thing. I mean, Reed Hastings did this with Netflix in the past, and many CEOs in their quarterly letters often have stated that they think the stock is uh, being driven by momentum players and maybe a bit rich. And so it's, it's when you try to pump your own stock, you're in trouble putting a cold blank on it. I don't think there's any... Uh, harm there other than the stock has gone down. Technically, look, it had a big run. It's given back a bit, but my hunch is to be long Tesla.
1: All right. Time for the final call. Tony, what do you say?
4: Um, I think online gaming and mobile gaming continues to take off, selling put credit spreads.
1: Harder worth.
2: I think PayPal is poised to pop. Long-end earnings.
1: Michael Coe.
3: Yeah, so you know, if you're looking at gold or if you're looking at the gold miners, that's understandable. I like both of them, but they're obviously trading at relative highs here. Use stock substitution strategies like call spread, risk reversals. That's the way to play those two.
1: All right, that does it for us here on Options Action. We'll be back next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Be safe. Have a great weekend. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now.